new perspective. Perspective. That's a shift yeah. in perspective you have. New perspective. That's the new perspective. Welcome back to the new perspective. How are you, Matt? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. How are you doing tonight? I am doing very well. Yes, I'm so excited to record with you. We've been trying to record for like so long. I know. There's just been it's just been crazy with uh, how it's been out here, especially working in the emergency room. Yeah, it's just been crazy with this new COVID surge. But we're here. Yeah. We're finally here, and you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm so excited. Like. I, it's been a while coming, but I'm glad to finally have you on. So you're a pursuing student in the emergency department, right? Correct. Um, currently, right now, I'm at my local community college completing my prerequisites for nursing. However, in the ER, I'm actually working as a scribe. So um, a scribe yeah so okay what we pretty much do is we tag along with the er physicians and we do all the medical documentation for them so we keep track of like the patient's complaints why they're here in the emergency room we keep track of like test results um radiology results if they have any and we pretty much go ahead and create like that patient's charts for them and that at the end of the day our physicians will review those charts and they will go ahead and sign them to be official Oh, okay, okay. So, like, you're in the department with a lot of the action and hectic stuff, aren't you? We are. We see a lot of crazy shit out there. <laughs> yeah, like, what is it like being in the emergency department? Like, what crazy situations have you come across? I love being in the emergency department. Um, if any you of you are, it? like, familiar, oh, I love it. At times, it just feels like I'm in, like, those medical dramas, like Grey's Anatomy mm. or, like, The Good Doctor, <laughs> yeah. you know? You just see so much interesting state, like, so much interesting cases that comes in. Some things you just don't believe, like, it just feels scripted, but, like, sometimes it's hectic, sometimes it's not. It just kind of depends on the day. Mm -hmm. like i know you can't share a lot of details but what do you think like in vague terms was the craziest situation you've come across the that's it's really hard to like only choose one situation because you know yeah. i've i've watched people die i've seen people in like really severe pain i've seen drug seekers trying to manipulate the system to get what they want i've seen like oh my god one of the more interesting cases i've seen is like a spontaneous abortion where um you know they just aborted the whole fetus and placenta like everything all together that was definitely uh one of the more interesting things i've seen just uh, randomly i don't really know like what probably would have like caused that but um, pretty much, I, I guess I could go ahead and go into detail with that. Pretty much, um, we and the doctor were in the office. I was just doing notes, catching up on notes from previous patients. And one of the nurses came in, they're like, Hey doctor, can you like check this out? But you know, this is, this is like a medicine. This is the stuff you see in the ER. So well, she just, 
she just had an abortion like right there and like jesus and you saw that yeah like and that was oh, pretty interesting okay. and then right after that we had like another case that they like pulled the doctor into a room an older man that like he fell and he was like bleeding um from his like he had a laceration on like his forehead and you know Jesus. everyone's all like getting in trying to like sew this laceration up yeah and that just happened like back to back and literally funny thing oh the God. doctor the doctor came out that room and i looked to him and i was like dude this is why I love my job, because <laughs> I get to see all these interesting things. You love it, you know. Like, I love I'm it. I'm like, used to it. Like, I'm gonna be honest. It's like it's kind of a process. I think the hardest thing to get used of is probably like watching people die. I don't want to say the more you see it, the more you get used to it. But I think if you understand, well, you possibly did everything that you could have done, and you know, possibly doing more things would probably cause harm to that person more than actually helping them. I think you kind of learn to understand that, you know, being able to let go and accept death, you sort of like, it's sort of, I don't want to say it's more comforting or the subject is more comforting to think about, but it's just more, it's just kind of more aware. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you feel like you're more aware of like, Okay, this is a part of life. Like, it's not um, as hidden or tucked away as we try to make it. But, you know, you have to deal with it. Like, you're forced to. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I feel like, you know, a lot of people kind of, we kind of negate the topic about, like, death. It's not really celebrated, especially in America. Like, we... We don't really talk about it much as like Americans and it's not like we celebrate the idea of death compared to like other cultures. Mm -hmm. So I feel like whenever like tragic things do happen, like it's sort of shocks us all just because we just don't like expect it. Um, I know that the way that physicians would kind of interpret it, um, I've asked them before, they kind of, they would usually like rationalize um, like around the circumstance of death. So, for example, if we have like an elderly patient who, you know, can't really do a lot of their functions on their own, maybe they have like serious uh, diseases such as like COPD, um, maybe they're having like, like, let's say, I guess we can use COVID as example since it's like very relevant right now. Um, if we have like an elderly patient who has like a past medical history of like COPD and they have like COVID pneumonia and they probably won't make it through COVID, you know, at that point, if they do pass, physicians are kind of thinking like, you know, they've lived their life, they're able to experience life. And at that point, like there was nothing that they can really do. It's just their body giving up. And, you know, at least that person was able to live like a full life. The part that it gets really difficult to rationalize is if it's like death surrounding like children or like babies or infants. Yeah. yeah. And those are typically, at least for like healthcare workers, those are typically like the hardest deaths to handle with. Mm -hmm. Especially since um, usually like to you can't really rationalize it's really difficult to try to rationalize like an infant's death or a like child's death um you can definitely rationalize it in the way like you kind of so what i know what physicians do especially in the residency 
is they would like kind of have like a time out or like a breakout where like their group of physicians would kind of like come together and like talk about the case. Like, let's say if it's like for a child, they'll talk about a case, talk about, okay, these were the health issues. This is what happened. And, you know, this was the circumstance that it came out and they sort of talk about it in that way where they kind of like debrief and like discuss amongst each other and see if like if there was, was an issue that they can change on like their part or if this was just something that was like completely inevitable so that is definitely like the outlook on like how some of the physicians or healthcare workers look onto um younger deaths i would say yeah i didn't even think about that like but it does make sense you can kind of accept it when older people die but just how do they deal with it emotionally like seeing these younger children or younger people die like how i mean you're seeing it all the time like you'd think it would negatively impact them or do you feel like they just go numb to it or what do you think um honestly I mean, that's a difficult question for me to answer just because I'm only in the field maybe about five months, maybe getting close to six months that I've been working as a scribe now. So for me, when I, so there's only two cases of death that I've seen and they were older patients. And for me, it was kind of, uh, the first death was kind of, you know, <laughs> honestly, uh, that one, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about the case. It was just like, um, I believe there was a, I think it was a shooting. And the person had like their index finger blown off. And I think he was like shot like on his legs a few times or something like that. When I saw it, like I, I literally just walked by the room. I just got a glance of like his lifeless body, you know? And I didn't, I honestly didn't think much of it. Like I just went back to the doctor's station. I was like, oh wait, what was the room that they called code blue on? And for those of you who doesn't know what a code blue is, that means it's a cardio or a pulmonary event going on. So that means either somebody stopped breathing or their heart start stopped beating. So code blue would be called and you have like a whole team of just people rushing to a room and you have like DPR being started, you have like various medications being injected, like epinephrine is a very common one that they use. Um, you usually have respiratory therapists there trying to like intubate the patient and try to get them breathing again. Um, you, have, you just constantly have people like switching out, doing CPR and just stuff like that. Anyways, backtracking to what I was talking about before. The first case, I didn't think much of it because I just walked by the room, so I didn't see much of that um the second case impacted me personally a lot more just because i watched the person like come in like brought in through ems they're already coding like in the ambulance i saw them like bring it in into the room everybody was working on it and then he just managed to like not come out of it you know so oh god so you saw like the whole process and yeah so i pretty much yeah. saw it from like start to finish and that was really weird for mm -hmm. me just because i always kind of saw a little bit glimpse of the ends usually but like from start to finish it was just a interesting perspective because it's just you just see they're just alive like moments before and then now it's just nothing like they're just gone and just the thought of that is just it's just interesting you know 
So it has bothered me emotionally. Like it has made me think more about like that side, you know, and it had made me think about like, oh gosh, like, are they like in pain or are they like, was it better to let them go? You know what I mean? So it definitely makes you questions a lot more things. But emotionally, I would definitely say it like it impacted me, not like severely, but it definitely just, just made me think about things more often, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation. Like, I admire you for being able to like deal with that and cope with it and still stay in that environment. Like, do you feel it made you um, come to terms with death a bit more? Because n no one really experiences that. Like most people don't experience um, literally watching uh, someone die or so often unless it's like a loved one and it's it's not like a normal thing that people do so like do you feel like you have kind of have this new perspective on death or more uh, accepting of it or I don't know maybe more fearful like how has your perspective on death changed I honestly think watching it probably made me more comfortable with the idea of it. I remember like yeah. before I worked here, I was like, I never wanted to talk about it. It like freaked me out because I would like have really deep thoughts about it. And I'm like, oh God, what happens like afterwards? Like you do just like not exist or what if it's just like an internal like sleep or what if it's just like if you look at religion and stuff, what if it's like like that stuff added on to it you know mm -hmm. so that kind of freaked me out thinking about that before but like watching it to me and i've like i've read this um like in a book too and it's like one of my favorite quotes but it was like they described death as like a peaceful cessation of like the human body and honestly i completely agree with that like ultimately i like watching it and stuff like it is peaceful like it does seem even though like all the healthcare providers are around frantically trying to like you know <laughs> revive them <laughs> so like yeah, the scene yeah. may seem chaotic but like just focusing like on that person and it's just i don't know how to describe it but it just seems like it just seems peaceful that like they're gone you know mm. i don't know when yeah. i'm usually when I'm usually outside of the room watching it and just taking notes of what's happening, um, to me, the the best way I would describe it is just kind of like a chaotic orchestra. Everybody's in there and like it may seem chaotic and it may seem frantic, but everyone in there is really like it's very beautiful to watch because everybody in there is just doing like they know their job and they're like they know what to do and it does seem like chaos, but it's like organized chaos. But I find it so beautiful how like everybody's just, you know, so focused and like you really truly see like the passion coming out of that people and you really see them being like being poured over this patient. Mm -hmm. And they're really trying their best to revive that patient. They're really trying their best to make the best outcome out of that emergent moment. Yeah. Nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks about death really as a peaceful thing. And I 
it sounds weird but i'd also like to just experience that just seeing someone die just seeing death instead of being so fearful of it and pushing it away and trying our best not to think about it we just simply watch and accept it and see how it is and i bet it is uh i can kind of understand why you would say it was peaceful because you see all of the frantic stuff going on you see them hurting you see them in pain coughing you know all of that stuff and then after all of that pain they just you know drift off to this sleep state per se where it's just everything's just stopped you know like we like you have to remember like when people finally do die like all of that pain is at an end you know and you can find peace in that and beauty in that like i mean it also just depends on your beliefs of you know after afterlife i'm curious to hear like what you think happens in the afterlife oh that's a pretty interesting <laughs> question we're going I we're know, going down it's, that it's route a big question. <laughs> On, i'm open-minded like you can say whatever i don't yeah no I, I don't mind sharing um well i guess to give it some context i did grow up as a catholic and you know i would still i would still say i just don't practice like i don't really go to church often i don't really practice catholicism but i would still you know i would i still believe in like the views and stuff um the thing is when i thought about what's possible after death i kind of thought about it like just completely scientific so let's say like if we just took religion like completely out the window um i thought of it as like there's at one point where we didn't exist before we were born you know so what was that was that just we don't remember anything out of that was it just like blackness until we were like born you know and like breathing and awake or was it just like an empty void type of thing or what if there is something like beyond that we move to you know mm -hmm. i think i mentioned it earlier but what if it's just an eternal sleep that you know we would just never wake up from mm -hmm. i don't know there's so many different perspectives and like ways of and beliefs to think about it like I I mean I'm not sure I have no idea and I think it's interesting to think about like no one really thinks about it but this is the biggest question that humanity just hasn't come to terms with like we don't have an answer and I I think it's a beautiful thing to sit and ponder about sometimes like because it makes you it makes you understand life more i think that's what it is like when i embrace death and remember that like we're all gonna die this isn't infinite we have a limited amount of time here on this planet that's when i started 
to be able to live my best life that's when i was like fuck i don't want to fucking waste my time i don't want to waste this temporary human experience why am i doing this why am i wasting my time when like doing all these things being sad doing things i don't like when we're all just gonna leave this isn't we don't even understand what <laughs> we're doing here we don't even understand, understand what life is like why exactly. you know what i mean and i think we can come to terms with that more when we think about death and embrace it like what is gonna happen what if we what if it's all a dream <laughs> you know you, you can go on that <laughs> route you know it's all an illusion you wake up from your deep slumber or something that 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 could happen that's just as possible as you sleeping or blackness or i mean our human mind doesn't exist after we die you know what i mean so like anything that our little minds try and come up with will never really be too accurate because we're still using the mind you know and that's not going to be there when we die so it's like so many possibilities it's uh interesting to think about no exactly um there is there's just so many possibilities and theories out there with that circumstance but definitely i really liked how you're talking about like one of the best advices that i was ever given was actually with one of my best friends of mine um, we pretty much grew up together mm -hmm. and like at, like me three four years ago i was very like future orientated i was very like if you're not gonna benefit me then like i don't need you in my life type of way that's, that's that was my outfit that, <laughs> and like me. and i was yeah and i was very like like okay my life is gonna be so much better in the future future this future that and it's like what my friend she told me like you know just live in the moment experience the moment even the smallest of things just like just appreciate you know just and even though the present may suck you know and even though you may hate your present <laughs> like there's always a tomorrow and try to make your tomorrow the best day it possibly could be and everybody knows that we're all gonna die one day that's the truth and you know i just think if all of us just, you know, step forward and, you know, just spread like kindness to one another, you know, it's like, if we're all going to die one day, then why be mean, you know, <laughs> like try to yeah. spread kindness, try to like be not like spread kindness to people, do like small acts to make others days, you know, um, mm -hmm. don't like try to refrain yourself from like, you know, passing negativity down and stuff like that. Cause you know, one day, like we just all we're all gonna we're all gonna die one day so why like you know it wouldn't take much to just like share compassion with one another mm. yes i think if more people embraced it if more people came to terms and accepted the idea that one day we are going to be under the ground rotting becoming one with the earth once more if 
people embraced the fact that we're gonna die i think more people would be able to do that there would probably be more kindness more people would be living their life to the fullest potential more people wouldn't be complaining over negative stuff people wouldn't be spending all of their time i don't know like on a screen on the television just sitting on the couch doing nothing you know i think more people would be going out and going into the nature and looking at stars or going up to that person they've always wanted to talk to you know talking to that hot guy they've seen at the store a thousand times because you realize that like everything is impermanent you're gonna die no one's gonna remember you so why are you not doing what you want i think so many people would be living such more of a better life and the world would be such a better place if we were able to accept death it's such it's huge it's huge to me um i mean this can go into like nihilism and existentialism and all of that stuff but that's basically it it's just a liberating feeling you don't place as much importance on things as you used to like you realize that um you know this drama doesn't matter that much like what you said to that guy later doesn't matter that much you know because when you have this higher perspective it's just so small and you realize none of it will matter once we hit that inevitable point you know and just think about it like why is death such a taboo topic why does everybody speak negatively of it why in at least in america and our culture why is it looked down upon so much is it is there a higher purpose to it do people know like this could actually help does it help people keep people like enslaved into a mentality and just keep them doing things that they hate you know i think it can go a lot deeper than what we even may consider but once you embrace it you it's like you unlock this little key to life you unlock one of these little truths exactly. to life not even little a huge fucking truth to life okay that's it and i think more people need to do that yeah no i think hopefully like with our conversation today you know we're, we're like passing on the message that like you know if mm -hmm. you're ever been if you ever like refrained from doing something if you're if you're ever scared of like what others may think of you or if you do certain actions what other you think of you honestly just say fuck it and just do it you know like like you know the <laughs> saying they always say like you only live once and you know that saying is That's completely true. true see these exactly things are true as fuck okay whenever you see that guy and you're like oh my god 
I, I should have talked to him or like, oh, I, I should have, I don't know, wrote that book or something. It's like, yo, remember in a few years, you are going to be riding in the ground. Do that fucking thing. I know it sounds so bad, but that's, this is what's healed me. This perspective has healed me because I realized like, why the fuck am I not just doing what I want to do? Why the fuck? I, this is a miracle. This is my temporary miracle and I'm wasting it. That's what you're doing. You know, so every time you come across something or you talk yourself out of something or you pass something up, just remember, like, you're wasting your temporary miracle and you're going to be on your deathbed with regrets. And that's just the worst feeling. So make sure (laughs) I'm just so passionate about this topic, but just don't die with regrets, like live your life and experience it fully man experience this temporary experience fully exactly yeah like as long as you're doing things and like you know just be true to yourself like if you're you should be able to do things that you truly want to do and you know it's something for yourself that's the biggest thing you know there's things that we do to impress other people and then there's things that we want to do for ourselves, and we have images of ourselves and i feel like most of the time we kind of lean on the image of like what other people should see like on us like what do we want other people to think of us or you know but i think the most important thing is if you're you should at least you know or try your best to do things like for yourself and to try to like push yourself, you know? And, you know, just take those small opportunities that you can to just like put a step forward and do things outside your comfort zone. Because, you know, doing things, I personally feel like doing things outside of your comfort zone, that's where the most of your growth would happen. You know, you're figuring out how to make what's out of your comfort zone to become your new comfort zone. And from that point forward, you can keep on going up and going up. You know, I feel like that's how you can truly grow as a person. And this is kind of like, kind of goes at hand in hand with death. Like, honestly, what's in the past, like, that's there. But that's there and nothing can change that. But what can you do now? And what can you do maybe later on that, you know, you can be proud of yourself and you can be happy about the things that you're doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, getting out of your comfort zone. It's huge. That's the only way to actually live your life fully. If you want to live your best life and you don't want to waste your temporary experience here, you have to get out of your fucking comfort zone. You're never gonna, you're not gonna be fulfilled if you're in your comfort zone. Never. You'll never do what you actually want to do if you're in your comfort zone. And I think a lot of people know this. A lot of people understand this. But, like, they don't apply it. And they just don't think about it when the opportunity actually comes up. But literally the biggest difference between people who are 
successful or doing all that stuff is just that they just got out of the comfort zone but you're too scared to do it that's all it is that's really all it is like you just talk to yourself out of it you let your um limiting beliefs get in the way that's all it is you're just too scared to get out of your comfort zone that's the only difference between the person that has what you want and you right now that doesn't great so that is definitely important and it's like if you want to i mean the best experiences in life are not in your comfort zone you know like think about these people who are you know really living life out there you know hiking up mount everest you know uh skydiving you know everybody that we say is like living life in the best way right like they're fully experiencing it that's not in their fucking comfort zone and that's the thing if you truly want to savor and experience all that there is and all of the opportunities and possibilities that you can get out of this short existence you have to get out of your comfort zone that's it that's simply it and i think when you embrace death as well you know tying it back you, you get rid of so much fear it gets rid of so much fear and you're able to get out of your comfort zone more for me it's like i mean even with people i mean let's say you're afraid of public speaking okay you realize that everybody everyone in this room right now is gonna die and no one's gonna remember you no one's gonna remember if you mess up no one and they're not gonna remember like after you die like everyone's gonna forget that you even existed right and having that perspective you're like fuck that fuck fear because nothing's holding you back anymore you're able to get out of your comfort zone more with it like so many positive new uh like traits you're able to get out of just simply embracing death but that's uh a big one just completely destroying it always seek that yeah exactly i feel like you know i remember i remember i dealt with some like public speaking fears um back like in high school and what i did to like it was crazy so pretty much my junior year there's like a brand new medical club on the campus it was known as hosa um which is like health occupation students of america and my junior year it was very small there was only a few of us members we weren't really that active but then my senior year i actually became president of the club and you know i decided to expand a lot of activities mm -hmm. and do like a lot of medical education activities did a lot of like um like guest speakers um leadership activities we focus a lot on like building leadership in our members um especially since like how important leadership and communication is within like healthcare teams and wor working within the healthcare industry we focus on stuff like that and <laughs> next thing you know i was giving club meeting presentations to like over 50 60 members oh, and God. we yeah. we went from this club of like like for the previous year of like you know not a lot of people showing up and stuff like that to like a year that's just like we ha we had to move to like a bigger room because there's just so much people with wow. it 
and I remember the first club meeting of the year and I saw like everybody there, you know, like, you know, I was pretty quiet. <laughs> I, I was like, no one in the back could really hear me. Um, yeah. I was just like pretty scared up to the board, just reading mm -hmm. it word for word. Cause I was like so terrified, <laughs> but the more I just presented in front of people and the more that I got to know my club club members and stuff like that, I got a lot more comfortable with public speaking and obviously not in every public speaking situation you're gonna know your audience members but i feel like the more that you do it and stuff like the more you sort of get comfortable with that and you kind of find your own comfort zone within like like within that area that like was completely outreached from you mm -hmm. so it's just sort of like a thing that like getting exposure from that mm -hmm. and i think and i think like being a scribe in the emergency room. I've I've always thought of like, oh my gosh, if I become a nurse, like how do I know if like <laughs> what if I'm a I'm be a terrible nurse? You always have that thing that's like in the back of your head, like these intrusive thoughts that's like, oh gosh, dude, what if I like mess up so bad one day or what if I miss IVs or what if I you know, accidentally kill someone? <laughs> oh my but, god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you, you get these thoughts sometimes, but, you know, being a scribe and stuff, I mean, like, seeing it and watching, like, the nurses, doctors collaborate, watching what the nurses do, seeing the doctors, do, like, do their own procedures on their end, you know, like, it definitely made me a lot more confident. I don't want to say in my ability, but, like, it made me more confident for what I have ahead of me because I know that this is something that I love and you know to me medicine's kind of like a love and like it's a love relationship you know like obviously like there's times that's gonna be amazing you're gonna like love it it's gonna be great you know you're on that honeymoon phase on that beach you know you're gonna love it mm -hmm. but like then there's days that it absolutely like like you so there's days where you're like dude why did i even get in this field really? you know and it just yeah, there's dailies that just completely sucks and you're like, and you know, you kind of break down and stuff, but then like you go back the next day and maybe it'll be like, you know, your your best day ever right then and there, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I've always viewed medicine, at least for me, it was like a love relationship. Like you have your ups and downs, you know? But the thing is, at the end of the day, you always come back because you want more, you know? You always come back mm -hmm. to it because you're in love with it, you know, like I love, I love healthcare. I love, you know, seeing patients or like, you know, being able, just being able to interact with patients one day and like, you know, doing the clinical side of things instead of just like watching it and being in the background as a scribe. I'm looking forward to that day to come where, you know, I'm a registered nurse and I'm out there in the field in the emergency room or trauma center and just like going out and like mm -hmm. helping these people and, you know, and that's that's my passion right there <laughs> you can, i'm kind of i know i'm kind of pouring it out right now but <laughs> it is but i'm glad that i was able to find something and being a part of something that like i absolutely love yeah i i see that's the thing i love people who have a passion like you can be passionate about trees if that's your passion i'm still interested because I love seeing people who are 
doing something that they love in a society where that is just not the biggest priority. It's not, I don't think it's very common. So I absolutely love seeing that in people. Like, what do you feel like made you figure this out as your passion? Like, how did this become your passion? How did, what's the process for you? Honestly, I think the first like highlight of it probably happened in middle school. I was in middle school. That's early as <laughs> I know, wow. but it was like I yeah. wouldn't say that's where my passion came about, but it's probably like the little spark. It was like seventh grade science class, and we we're learning about like the cardiovascular system. And for some reason, like it just clicked with me so well. Like I like understood everything about it. Like the exams were pretty easy on like on like that subject and stuff and it just clicked with me and i loved learning about it like i loved like learning about how it works and like i loved learning about like okay what happens if it doesn't work correctly you know mm -hmm. and that was the one subject probably like growing up through the public education system that was probably like the one probably like the few subjects i really really like like love to learn about so then in high school, I did like um, anatomy and physiology and I loved it. Like that clicked with me um, personally. Like I didn't really study much just because like it just felt right. Like I don't know how to describe it, but I was just, I don't know. It's like, you know, those moments mm -hmm. where you're just like good at it, but you just don't know why you're good at it. But you're like, oh no, this is something like I'm good at, you know, that's how it was for me. Like just learning about the body and how it works. And I feel like another thing, a part of it that like made me like click, like it clicked with me a lot better. It's like, okay, so I also have a human body, you know, like I'm experiencing this phenomenon that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that also like made me click because it was like, oh yeah, like, you know, this makes sense because, you know, that's what, like, that's how things work, you know, but mm -hmm. So high school, I took anatomy, physiology, loved that class. Senior year, before like the pandemic hit, I took sports medicine and it was okay. Um, it didn't click with me that much just because it was just dealing with like, there were some emergent things with it and like that stuff I loved. Like if we had to do a like a C-spine support type of thing or like learning CPR, I loved, I loved that unit. Mm -hmm. But the other stuff like like learning like ankle wraps and stuff like that i didn't really care much for that yeah. um i wanted like the intense stuff like you know mm -hmm. your intense like emergency procedures like that's stuff that i loved you know like being in that moment and then mm -hmm. and then an interesting thing so when i graduated high school i actually first wanted to be a at that time i actually wanted to be an er physician so mm -hmm. i actually attended uc merced for my first year of like just virtual school because of the pandemic at that time and you know i was taking i was a major in human bio i was taking my courses and a lot of the courses sucked for me like <laughs> i did not enjoy almost all of the classes I was taking. Like, I did not enjoy the intro bio classes. I did not enjoy the chemistry classes. I did not enjoy, yeah. I think, oh, I had to take calculus and that was a med school requirement. I did not enjoy that at all. 
and then yeah. i think my second year i would have had taken like physics and a few other courses i didn't like and you know that made me and i was just like at that time i was very unsure i was like at this point did i even want to go to medical school mm -hmm. so that fall semester my first semester at the uc i actually had a pretty serious appendicitis and i was so an appendicitis it's an inflammation of your appendix and usually if you have that you would have to like go into surgery and have it removed so okay. that's what happened to me but <laughs> i tried to tank it out and i decided to wait for like five days before going to the hospital so oh, no. disclaimer <laughs> you know if you're feeling really shitty don't wait too long to go see your pcp your primary care physician emergency room like i did but anyways <laughs> so my appendix <laughs> my appendix actually ruptured and i had to go through emergency surgery like that day Jesus. and okay. i i was in the hospital for nine days recovering and that was actually my first time being exposed to like being in the hospital and like seeing the emergency room and like kind of like oh, having the patient's yeah. perspective so i yeah. kind of understood i'm like oh wow this is what it, this like this is how patients feel you know these are the interactions that we see so during my time recovering like in those nine days i was talking to nurses i was talking to like my surgeon about like healthcare careers and stuff and i honestly enjoyed nursing and like what the nurses had to say i enjoyed their sort of like what they do as their career and stuff a lot more compared to the physicians and that made me realize you know i might actually like want to go into nursing so well, after just because of that surgery <laughs> yeah um, you know what and you know that kind of brings me up to another point real quick i'll just slide this in here um sort of little motivating moments but like <laughs> you know i i you know obviously you know things aren't going to be perfect like we're going to have our ups and downs in life and I, per I personally feel like there's a reason that everything happens even like with the really shitty stuff if we like go really deep down like like sometimes yeah just like shitty stuff in general like the appendix god that was terrible for me like you know being 18 mm -hmm. in the hospital i was not allowed to have any family members over to even yeah, visit yeah. me or anything because of the covid pandemic and this was before vaccines even came out i think there are only for um healthcare workers so they weren't out to the public yet but you know and i was like scared being 18 in the hospital alone first time being in the hospital you know but looking back at it now i always feel like everything has a purpose and looking back at it now i'm like you know like being in that being in that situation really pushed me to like go into nursing and you know i'm definitely a lot happier now going into nursing compared to if i decided to stay like at uc merced and continue the pre-med route i feel like i'll be a lot more <laughs> miserable than i am now you know yeah but like even though like some things may just seem so shitty like i feel like there's always a purpose behind it and you may not realize it tomorrow you may not realize it the next day the next month or even years to come but i feel like one day like you would realize like holy shit like this happened because of this like this came out of that like 
this outcome outcome came out of that situation, good or bad. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like you never know. You never know if this is gonna be the one thing that you needed that could, I don't know, change everything for you, or there was a really good lesson that you needed to learn, or etc. There's so many ways. There's so many different little things that come out of it and i think you just have to be open to it you just have to be aware of it and just when whenever you experience a bad situation this can be on a really extreme scale or on a small scale just think and ask yourself okay what good thing could possibly come out of this situation or just say there might be an amazing thing that could come out of this and I just don't know it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but it is definitely a possibility. And most of the time, you can always find something. So just try and make that an intention. Because once you make an intention, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. Right? It's all about your awareness. It's all about where you're putting your focus. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that. It's hard to remember, but just try yeah and by that time like after my surgery and stuff i completed my first year at uc merced and then during my second semester i was talking to like the health counselors that like they um they're the ones that like advise us on like health career paths one of them i mean i i love how honest he was but like it was important to be honest here but she just told me you know like mm -hmm. best bet just leave the university because, you know, we don't have a nursing program here and there's easier routes and cheaper routes to go. And she's like, just leave the university, go to community college, complete your prerequisites there and then transfer back into a nursing program. And that's on the route that I am now. But I'm definitely ex being in that like painful experience of the appendicitis and stuff like really sucked. But the outlook I have on it is so positive because it let me it, like it led me to where I am today and to like my path today. And I felt like even though the experience itself sucked and it was hella painful and stuff, like even though the experience itself sucked, like the outcome of it, just me like being or where I'm at right now from that, like I'm a really appreciative for having that moment happened in my life because of, like you know like i said it brought me to where i'm at right now right and you never would have expected it you never would have expected it would never who knew appendix made me drop out of college for a little bit huh <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh like yeah and that's the thing if you're able to do that and if you're able to take the good out of these situations then you are ex uh, succeeding at life, my friend. You have unlocked the code. You've cracked the code. But I am curious, like, what makes you uh, so compelled to help other people with healthcare? Like, is it just you really want to help them physically, or maybe you just love helping people, like, in all aspects? Or like, what makes you want to do it so much? See, that I really like that question because that's actually a question that like medical schools would ask um, like in their application process like they would this is an interview question for med schools <laughs> and you know it's kind of oh, cliche 
if you're like, oh yeah, I want to help people, like obviously everyone in the field of healthcare, well, they should be there for wanting to help people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But for me specifically, I think it's being at the moment when you're with the patient, and this is in terms of like emergency medicine. Um, I feel like if you're being with the person who, you know, they're ab they're probably absolutely having like the worst day of their life. They're either like, or, like they're either in like serious pain. Who knows if they may got into a car accident. You know, you are seeing these people who probably at the deepest of the lows of like the lowest points of their life. And for me, I feel like being the person next to them, being the person comforting them, being the only person there for them at that moment. And if I can even make that moment a little bit better, like if I can even make them feel better just by a little bit, or maybe if I can just put a smile on their face or something, just being there, just trying to make their moments of what they're experiencing just a little bit better, that's rewarding for me. You know mm -hmm. and possibly being and like who knows maybe being next to a dying patient if i'm the last one to hold that person's hand because there's Shit. no family around or anything oh, if man. i if i have to be the person that holds their hand and be oh the last thing god. they see oh my god oh my god that makes me I, I am happy like I am happy to be there for that person even if I don't know anything about them like just being there either at their worst moments of their life or at their last moments of their life just being next to them supporting them and making them you know not feel alone that's when I know that's when I can come home feeling happy feeling that I am doing the right thing Mm -hmm. oh my god i didn't even think about that like you could be the last person to talk to them you could hear someone's last words you hear i think that's amazing that you are someone so willing and you love just helping people in that way so much even though it is a lot it's a very negative environment but you just want to be there for them which is amazing i i like helping people i'll i'll just stick to my podcast though i'll just stick to my <laughs> social media <laughs> you know what i'm saying um exactly but you're, yeah you're, you're doing the big stuff i i respect it <laughs> oh thank you so much i appreciate that have you ever had weird experiences with someone like hearing someone's last words or um dying wish or anything like that um not yet i mean the news that i've heard so i've seen doctors give news that you know their member their loved one is going downhill or they're developing like a serious condition like parkinson's disease and they won't be able to live on their own anymore and they can either like go to a long-term facility or they can either live at the family's house i've witnessed those conversations between patient and physician but a lot but i haven't witnessed there's one time where like if in regards to, like last words and stuff there's one time where i have seen like a patient i was 
I think they're like revived on scene by EMS and then they were brought into the ER and they were conscious for like a good few hours and then he coded again. And that time, during that time he was conscious, he was kind of combative, like he was pushing people away. He didn't want us to help him. Um, he wanted like nothing to do with us. He just wanted to be left alone. And you know, there's plenty of times in medicine that you're going to be dealing with aggressive patients or people going through mental breakdowns and stuff. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's scary, you know, and especially like how common assaults against healthcare workers like are happening. Sometimes, you know, it's, it just makes the job a lot harder than it already is. But besides that point, um, you know, for me, it was just kind of, it was just interesting seeing like, wow, this guy was like, wanted nothing to do with us. And then next moment, like he didn't make it. But that was like the only person I saw that was like conscious before I saw them like pass. Everybody else I've seen that pass came in unconscious and then they like came in under a code and then they just didn't come out alive from that code. Mm. Okay. And I do, I do want to make it a point like, like these codes, like when everybody's in there and stuff, like it's serious. Like they're trying to get the person revived in like, I think it's like seven minutes because past seven minutes, they're like starting to like have severe brain damage. And that's when like, if we do revive them past the seven minute mark, you know, they might not be able to do certain things on their own again. You know, they might not be able to breathe or that's when a decision comes where like you've heard is like pulling the plug, you know, oh, that's God. case by case. I haven't seen it get past that point. Like where we revive, like they were down for a long time and they got revived and they had serious like brand da damage. I haven't seen that point. I just know that like it happens, you know? Mm -hmm. oh gosh H how do these how do you deal with this anxiety that comes from it i feel like this is one of the most stressful jobs or things that you could do how do people deal with this anxiety like you have just a few minutes or this person's gonna like die like there's so much responsibility on you how do people deal with that well I would say, I mean, as of right now, especially with COVID-19, I feel like I'm I, like, to be completely honest, all, like all healthcare workers are burned out. Like we like, especially in like the nurses, physicians too, like everyone's just burned out in the ER. Everyone's just, you know, especially since like we had another COVID surge and our cases are rising like crazy. Like it's, it's been it's been really daunting and that's because like so from what they explained to me like when covid first started a lot of people were scared about going to the er because they don't want to come and get covid you know because that's where all the covid patients are at they're in the er they're in the hospital and now oh let me re uh, reverse back a bit at that time since everybody was scared um of going to like the ER and like we had the stay at home order here in California, you know, not, not, nobody was going outside of their houses. Nobody was getting hurt. Nobody was get really getting into car accidents and stuff. So the people who came into the ER were just mainly COVID patients and everybody was able to focus on just COVID patients. Now, since, you know, people are being more active, people are going out of their houses and stuff. 
we're seeing a wave of both like injury cases or trauma cases plus the COVID on top of that. So we're getting even more overwhelmed because we're not only just dealing with COVID, now we're dealing with people who are coming in from like car accidents or like any injuries or falls that they've happened from just being out and about, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like a lot of the people that like I asked, that's like, how are you feeling like in the moment in the code? Honestly, it's just an adrenaline rush and you just like, you're just in the moment, you know? And mm. I think, I think a lot of the anxiety is probably taken away because like, I feel like if like for, let's use me as an example. Like if I go through nursing school and if I'm a new grad nurse, I feel like being a new or like a new grad nurse, there's a lot of anxiety because like you're in the field and it's like, everything's legit you're in the field and you're going to be experiencing like your first codes you're experiencing like your first things on like real people instead of like simulations you know and i feel like as nurses got more experience with things and uh, like let's say if they got like to do more codes and stuff i feel like they probably you know got used to like how it runs and especially with the training that they had like in nursing or medical school and stuff like that behind them i feel like they already like they're confident in their abilities mm -hmm. yeah exactly like i guess it makes sense that you know they're just their whole focus is there like they're just fully in the moment like they're just carrying out doing what they need to do and I guess that can relieve some of that anxiety. Yeah, um, and it's that, and it's like, you're a team. So you're not there alone. Like if let's say you may be in the room alone when the patient just suddenly starts coding, but you know, you got your panic button on the wall, right when you hit that, the whole, the whole hospital gets alerted. So even people like in the higher floors that has nothing to do with the ER, like they would know that the code is happening in the ER because the intercom system goes through the whole hospital. But, mm. you know, at that moment, everybody's rushing in, everybody is there to help and everybody has the same objective, you know? And uh, so, and then you have your whole team of people coming in and each like, you know, you have the physician, I guess I'll go into more detail of the code. You know, you have your physician who's usually by like, like at the head of the patient bed and he's kind of like, you know, leading everybody, trying to tell what to do, um, calling out medications to be injected into the patient. And they're like calling out rounds of CPR. And if like, and let's say like the patient is completely like not coming back, especially after like, um, oh, I think what's called, I think believe it's called a cardioversion, but like your um, defibrillators and stuff, like if they're not working and like the patient's just not coming back, you know, the physician would like before officially calling it, you know, your physician would like say like, does anybody in this room have any other suggestions that we can do? And you know, at that point, they've done everything. You can't really do more than what you're doing, you know? And then finally they would like call it. <laughs> Tying back to what you asked earlier, I feel like the more you sort of get put into these situations and the more you experience these situations, I feel like it definitely, you definitely get more confident in your abilities because you know how the code is run. Each code is run pretty similarly and you're just, 
I think that cuts down a lot of the anxiety. So I feel like if you're a new grad nurse, you have a lot of anxiety because you're not experiencing these things. But I feel like if you're in the field for a while and you experience these, you know, you just get more comfortable with it. And clearly this only pertains to like emergency medicine and stuff. If you're a nurse working in like an outpatient clinic, you're probably not going to be like running codes or anything, hopefully. But that's why I would say like emergency medicine, that's where um, I would say that sort of experience really kicks in in your abilities. Yeah, so pretty much if as a new grad nurse, I feel like going into the field or just a new grad, anything like going to the medical field, it's probably overwhelming just because you don't have like the full experience. But I feel like if you've been in it for the few years, you kind of know how it would be like, especially in emergency medicine, like codes are generally run similarly. So you're, you kind of know what to expect, you know? And I feel like mm -hmm. that kind of cuts down on a lot of anxiety since you know how it's run. And especially since you have your whole team there, you're not by yourself. You don't expect to do everything by yourself. It's a whole team for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes more sense. I would be able to understand, like, how it wouldn't affect them as much in that scenario. Like, okay, I'm curious. Is this what you wanted to do when you were younger? Is this the path that you wanted to go on when you were younger? Did you think that this would be the job that you would have had? See, when I was younger, like, like when I was little, I would like, I actually, I actually wanted to be a teacher. So I would like, you know, I would have all my stuffed animals set up, you know, and I would have like a whiteboard on the wall. Oh. And I'm just like <laughs> teaching them. And I always wanted like a be a teacher and stuff. And then, mm -hmm. and I don't know, just, just, I, I think I wanted to be like a high school, like, or just any teacher, but like, I don't know, just, it just didn't appeal to me as like when I grew up and like went to high school and stuff. And then that's when I, I started learning about, like I said, like the anatomy of physiology and like my high school and that really like kicked it off and then joining that club and doing various activities in that club and getting all those connections that like really skyrocketed like my passion. And that's when I knew like, you know, this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm actually, I'm so thankful that like, I was able to find out like what I want to do pretty young. Cause I know, I know there's a lot of people, even personally, like there's a lot of people who are still trying to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their lives, you know? And especially in college, mm -hmm. I feel like you're kind of thrown in to make a decision of like your major right when you're 18, even though you don't really know what you want to do at that time, you know? exactly i hate it so much and the thing is i don't even think it's possible to know what you want to do your entire life i don't think that's even possible i think we're gonna go through phases like we love this for a little bit of time and then we're interested in this for this period of time then we are interested in this i don't think there's okay i know what i'm gonna be doing forever and ever and ever now i know what it is i don't think that's realistic i don't think that's even possible maybe but you know what i'm no you know what I mean? yeah exactly i mean there's plenty like there's definitely a lot of um nurses that i know that you know they probably just because of how stressful it is especially right now like a lot of them probably don't want to do nursing for the rest of their life just because of like 
just everything just piled on top of it you know and especially since they're already burned out and there's already a lot of like there's some new grads that i know that already burned out already because of the pandemic like you never know what situations that could come up that could affect your perspective on whatever you are interested in entirely you know and i just hate that i hate that we feel so pressured to like have everything figured out and nobody does like the thing is you either wait and actually figure out what you want to do before pursuing anything or you get stuck um working a job that you hate for ever trying to pay off all your debt and shit like that's really get is either you wait and actually figure out what you do wait and figure out what your passion is or you waste a bunch of money and work a job you hate i'm so glad that you were able to figure it out when not a lot of people are able to do that and you you know you were lucky enough and fortunate enough to be able to do that but to the people who aren't who are in at your same age and just haven't figured that out that is 100% okay it might be 10 years oh exactly and that's 100% okay the only thing that won't be okay is you settling and wasting your money and wasting your time on something that you don't love or you don't care about at all that you're just gonna hate that's what's not okay so just make i don't know just whatever you want whatever you like maybe it's literally anime whatever it is whatever little thing that you like just go into it dive into it learn about little things who knows maybe you would like to be like a voice actor maybe you want to learn how to uh go into like digital and animation or something like whatever you like just dissect it figure it out and see um what little passion or career you can make out of it because literally we live in a day and age where anything is really possible with careers and lifestyles like you can basically probably find a job for anything that you are into so yeah that's great i love that and another thing that i feel like like really pressures us and i this is a society thing in general in american societies i feel like a lot of high school students and i even felt this when i was in high school like a lot of high school students are pressured to go to college and it's not only going to college, but going to like the top colleges, you know, yeah. and and I'll be honest, when I was in high school, you know, I took my like a bunch of um, AP classes, a bunch of honor classes. And I was very like, oh, no, no matter what, I want to go to a UC and that's it. Like, I'm not going to apply to anywhere else. I want to go to like a system that's well known, the UC system. And mm -hmm. yeah, but now like where I'm at now and like since how my perspectives have changed and stuff like you know there's plenty of people who are successful and they didn't go to college you know mm -hmm. and there's people as well who went to college and they were successful you know it really depends situation by situation but the important thing about it is if you're able to find a career that 
you love, either if you need to go to college for that career or if you don't need to go to college for that career, doing what you love every day, that's where it really matters. And for the people who don't know, and if you're a high school student, if you completely don't know what you want to do, um, you know, I know there's a lot of weird stigma about going to like a community college. Um, if you're a resident in California, community college is free for us. Um, I, when I was in high school, I mean, I'll be honest, I added to that, um, to that negative outlook on community college. Cause I was like, oh no, I worked like, I was gonna be honest, I just need to stick up my ass. Right. So I was like, oh no, I worked, I took all these AP courses. I took all these honors classes. I am way too good to go to like community college. Right. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> community yeah. college gave me the opportunity to, you know, on it, it gave me the opportunity to like get into nursing, you know, like be able to take the prerequisites that I need to even get into a program. So I feel mm -hmm. like community college is a great option for those who don't know what they want to do yet because essentially no matter where you go to any college or university your first two years are going to be the same throughout because that's all your general education you know that's like your high school plus type of years and then your last two years that's when you're doing a lot of your higher division stuff for your major so i definitely recommend those who are like completely confused and if they don't want to break the bank to just go to community college take classes and if you're taking classes and there's nothing that interests you so far with the major that you chosen in community college like just take some random classes that you think you might like um i've known some people who are like on the nursing path but then they like took a business class and they like loved business and they left the nursing path to get like to get a business major you know and you know they completely did not expect that so I feel like community college is definitely like a nice safety net for those who are wanting to go to college, um, but like are still not 100% sure what career or what major they want to fully commit to. And it's definitely a cheaper alternative than going to a four year and being stuck with a major that you may not want. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you can figure that out by just uh you know taking other classes or you could probably figure out just on your own as well you know and doing your own like research because once you figure that out it's a it's a huge step i think a lot of people think that oh you know i kind of like it so i'm just gonna stick with it but your life will completely change once you figure out you know what you truly love to do it heals you so much when you're always doing exactly what you are meant to do exactly what is your passion it's hard to fall into states of negativity that's what healed me a lot was figuring out you know what i wanted to do what i loved what my passion was and yeah, just never give up on it. Never give up. Always be trying to figure it out. And if it doesn't completely resonate with you, just move on. Because you'll know when it's right. You'll know when it's right. And never settle with that. Never settle with that. At all. Okay. Um, 
look it is i think that's a good place to maybe wrap it up after you know the technical difficulties as well <laughs> yeah no like we had a pretty interesting conversation and mm -hmm. i definitely um hope you guys were able to take something out of this um today's episode and be able to you know apply it to your life and i definitely want to give a huge thank you to sarah for having me on the show i really appreciate oh, that you. oh sweet <laughs> <laughs> and thank oh, you to the audience for <laughs> listening to my interesting story <laughs> listening to what <laughs> i have to say so thank you for you to you guys as well yes thank you so much for uh coming on like uh, you're such a pleasure to record with i mean that's what we're doing like i select individuals that i think will be able to like impact a lot of people who i think will be able to spread a message that just isn't shared and needs to be that's what we're doing on here and i think if you guys are actually taking this information and like applying it to your life and from all of the different people that I talk to, you can just completely create a whole new reality for yourself. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. That is the new perspective. And that is the new perspective. Thank mm -hmm. you.